Good morning and welcome. Please join me in prayer. As we know together that there is one source of all the good in this universe. All that we are thankful for this season of Thanksgiving, all that we are grateful for, all that comes into our life springs forth from that one source. We can call it Mother Nature, call it God, call it Allah, call it the Christ Consciousness, whatever it is one, and we are part of that one. That one life flows through each one of us, that one wisdom speaks through each one of us. And so we acknowledge and give gratitude for the presence of that one right here in this place as we come together to continue our gratitude weekend, to continue to give thanks for all the blessings in our lives, knowing that what we appreciate appreciates, what we give our attention to grows. So we say thank you, Spirit. Thank you for each soul here today. Thank you for each soul that is joining us electronically. We give thanks for this sacred time as we meet in beloved community together. And as we close this month of contemplating sacred time, we begin a new sacred time that we call Advent. So grateful for the upcoming Christmas season, the return of the light, the return of the Christ consciousness that is reborn in each one of us today. So I just say thank you for all of these things, Spirit. And we accept them with grateful hearts. As together we say, and so it is. Amen. Good morning. Look at this. The ones who came <laughs> after the holiday. If you're new with us today or online with us, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center, and I'd like to welcome you home, home to our community and home to your own Mystic Heart, where all of your answers will be found. Excuse me a second. So we begin our Teze meditative service today by joining our voices, by joining the, our vibrations through voice and through song. And so we'll sing together and then move right into the quiet meditative experience. Welcome 
Chained up our, changed up our chants. Please join us. We'll just sing the first verse twice. <coughs> Today is the first day of Advent on the liturgical calendar, the Christian calendar of feasting and celebration. I wasn't raised with the observance of Advent, but in recent years I have found that reinterpreting this ancient tradition has deepened my experience of the holidays. They've become more sacred. They've become holy days. The season of Advent begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas and ends on Christmas Eve. It's a time of stillness, of quiet waiting for what is yet to come, for the physical light to return, and for what is to be born in us and in our lives. Each Sunday of Advent we'll be lighting a candle to bring our awareness to a particular quality of spirit, a quality that we seek to embrace in our own lives. This week we light the first purple candle representing hope or faith. I see these two as places along one continuum. Hope is a place to begin a desire or expectation of good. And faith is that deeper trust or even a knowing that all that is unfolding is ultimately life-affirming, no matter the appearance. So we move into our meditative journey this morning by closing our eyes, if you're comfortable doing so and haven't already and turning the gaze inward, settling into the breath. Noticing any tension, 
that might be living in your body and letting it go. Breathing in and then pausing. Breathing out and then pausing again. And continuing in that cycle of breath in with a little bit of a pause to really savor the experience of breathing. Remembering that it is life itself, whatever that is, that is breathing you. Grounded in this powerful presence, we enter into sacred ritual. We form and hold a powerful vision. Together we envision a web of consciousness surrounding and infusing the planet. We see and feel ourselves as a point of radiant light in that web. feeling the light that you are radiating from deep within you. And now expanding awareness and sensing that same light shining in and from every human. No exceptions. And moving beyond our human family, we acknowledge every creature as an expression of light. Every plant, every rock, grain of sand, the soil and the water, the clouds, the heavenly bodies, all glowing with one light, expressions of one life. We know that there is no separation between us. We feel our inherent connectedness. As one human family, we acknowledge our personal responsibility and our role as caretakers. In sacred service to one another, <clears throat> to all life forms, and to the planet that sustains us all, Grounded in our oneness, we center our awareness in this month's theme, sacred time. And we explore the powerful ebb and flow of spirit moving throughout ancestral time and cosmic time. This month has led us from our most intimate way of marking time, the cycles of the breath. 
into the experience of chronos or clock time. We've explored ways of moving out of our linear experience into kairos or the flowing sense of timelessness. We've practiced using the cycles of breath to bring us back to the present moment. and to help our dance with time become more elegant. We've spiraled out from hours to days to weeks and months, attending to the natural rhythms to help ground us in the now. We mark time by noticing the phases of the moon. We're reminded that all of creation needs regular times of rest and renewal. And we consider what it means to build Sabbath, a time of ceasing, into our lives. We bring our awareness to how the months turn to seasons of the year and to the seasons of our lives. This morning our contemplations move even further outward along the spiral. We bring our awareness to ancestral time and to cosmic time. We shift our attention from the limited experience of our one precious lifetime to those who have come before and to those who will follow in our footsteps, to how we have been affected and how we will affect future generations, and to the place where cosmic time brushes up against eternity. Life in our Western world doesn't give us much time or encouragement for honoring the stories of our ancestors. It doesn't value the past, marching ever forward. No time for looking back. Manifest destiny has been its clarion call. But our family stories live inside of us. Just waiting for us to give them room in our lives. So that we might better understand who we are today. This is true both individually and collectively. We have scientific evidence through the work of epigenetics that family wounds are carried unconsciously from generation to generation. The stories and traumas of our grandmothers and grandfathers are our stories. 
we can help to heal the wounds of the past and in the process heal ourselves. By telling those stories again, giving voice to the voiceless unnamed secrets and to the celebrations and insights and wisdom gathered over time. Mythologist and storyteller Michael Mead asks us to consider looking at fate and destiny through a new lens. What if fate is simply the set of agreements your soul makes before you enter the world to live within a certain family system and a particular time and culture? And what if our destiny, our soul's deepest calling, actually emerges from our fate in terms of family life? Rather than running from our issues, we listen to them as exactly the place where we may learn what we need to respond in fullness to the world. What if the situations and circumstances that I've had to deal with in my own brand of family wounding is precisely what will break open my greatest gifts? Twentieth-century psychologist Murray Bowen invites us to consider that patterns of relationship are transmitted from generation to generation. Once we become aware of the ways that our family system has operated, we are free to consciously change the pattern by choosing different ways of responding and behaving so as to not continue past cycles of dysfunction. From my life experience, I know that it is possible to break such cycles of abuse and neglect, to awaken to my own responsibility for and power over my life circumstances. Where in your life have you witnessed or taken part in the breaking of a negative ancestral pattern? Where in your life have you witnessed or taken part in the breaking of a negative ancestral pattern?
This is the time of year that many of us honor the ancient Hebrew and Christian traditions that celebrate the birth of the Christ child. Or metaphorically, bringing forth or acknowledging the existence of the Christ consciousness as it exists in potential in every one of us. And following the stories given to us by the Jewish people, we find several quotations that speak to the carrying of ancestral patterns. In Exodus 34, 7, we find God the Father visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. Is this a threat made by an angry God or simply the way things work when people do nothing to break ancestral patterns of behavior? And in Ezekiel 18.20, the son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Is this an inconsistency in sacred scripture? Or one prophet's way of saying that each of us has the capacity to put an end to an ancestral dysfunction and lay a new path for those who come after. We are only doomed to repeat the past when we are not aware of its stories or not willing to change their direction moving forward. sacred time called Advent consists of the four weeks preceding Christmas, a time of joyous anticipation and a period of deep contemplation. The word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, which means arrival, something coming into view, perhaps the birth of the Christ consciousness in human form. Latin Adventus also gives rise to the word adventure, which we associate with excitement and possibly danger. So how are these related? Are we being called forth into an adventure, some kind of hero's journey? What risks might we be called to take in this sacred time called Advent? 
Christmas is not just about celebrating the birth of a great soul hundreds of years ago. These stories invite us to contemplate our own divinity, our level of commitment to our own spiritual growth, how we continually give birth to our own Christ consciousness, and giving birth is an adventure, a true hero's journey. The babe whose birth we celebrate at Christmas grew up to challenge the patterns of dysfunction in his society. Deeply grounded in his ancestral spiritual and familial lineage, he denounced the hypocrisy, he championed social justice, he condemned destructive practices, and he modeled a better way. In this holy moment, let us look within. Let us connect with our heredity, what we have inherited and what we will pass on to our descendants. Let us deeply examine the story we were born into, what chapters empower us, which segments discourage us. How shall we edit our story for the highest good of those who come after us? What Christ quality shall we give birth to this Advent season? As we share this sacred, silent and sacred time together, contemplate and imagine your spiritual adventure unfolding.
with gratitude for the music that gently guards our awareness back into the here and now. We give thanks for this vision of our hero's journey and for the courage with which we engage it. We are so grateful for the inspiration and guidance of the Christ within us. Thank you, God, for everyone and for everything. I invite you to know with me now that Spirit is moving powerfully through each of us and through our beloved community. Individually and collectively, we are a powerful spiritual influence on our world. As we evolve in consciousness, the benefits of our growth ripple out, blessing the entire world. As Reverend Diana continues her message this morning, we make ourselves fully available to receive the wisdom of the divine, knowing that it finds us in the sacred now, our ancestral time and cosmic time intersect. Sacred time, organic time, a rhythmic, cyclical progression. It sees periods of destruction as making way for new growth and possibility. When religious traditions write about life after death being eternal, they don't mean that we will live as we do now, only with an endless number of days. Instead, we will be immersed in the now. The purpose of most spiritual practices is to simply arrive right here, right now. <clears throat> and for many of us, it will be the longest journey we ever take. This spiral or cyclical vision connects us to a grander order of things, one less concerned with the minute details of each day, with our moments fraught with anxiety or fear of being behind, and more interested in our relationship with deep time, with geologic time, with cosmic time. As we prepare to close in prayer, I offer this wisdom from Thomas Berry in his book, The Great Work, Our Way Into the Future. He says, if such moments as dawn and dusk, birth and death, and the seasons of the year are such significant moments. How awesome, then, must be the present moment when we witness the dying of the earth in its Cenozoic expression and the life renewal of the earth in an emerging Ecozoic era. 
we will recover our sense of wonder and our sense of the sacred only if we appreciate the universe beyond ourselves as a revelatory experience of that numinous presence whence all things come into being. And so hold this truth close to your heart and know with me now that it is the one presence expressing and experiencing itself as all of life. It is expressing itself as each and every one of us here and now. Opening to the beauty of the Advent season. I open my heart and mind to the possibilities seeking to come forth as my life. I open to the qualities of spirit that are forever awaiting my recognition and expression. I open to the Christ consciousness that lives within me and awaits its birth in my experience as I more often choose it as my guiding presence and principle. For this and so much more I give thanks. All of life is a gift, every breath, every moment a blessing. So with deep gratitude for all of it, I release this prayer trusting in the power of the word to create a graceful path forward for each one of us. I let it be and call it done. And so it is. Amen. And we're going to go ahead and use this as our offertory. I'm watching the. So we offer an opportunity each week for you to offer your financial support should you choose to. Um, if you're joining us online today, you can go to mysticheart.org and find a donate button or our physical address. And so as we receive your gifts today, please know that we do so with a great deal of uh, gratitude and love. Appreciate all of the gifts that come our way, the time, the talent, the skill, the treasure, the love and the support. All of it helps to keep this community uh, thriving so that it can serve the greater community.
turn, 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 and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to build up, a time to break down, a time to dance, a time to mourn, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. To everything turn, 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 there is a season turn, 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 and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time of love, a time of hate, a time of war, a time of peace, a time that you may embrace. A time to refrain from embracing To everything turn, turn, turn There is a season turn, turn, turn And a time to every purpose under heaven A time to gain, a time to lose a time to rend, a time to sow, a time for love, a time for hate, a time for peace. I swear it's not too late. Let's do that again. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time for love, a time of hate, a time for peace. I swear it's not too late. Oh, thank you. We receive these gifts with open hearts and minds and arms, and we feel the love and the joy with which they're given. And pledge to grow and expand these gifts so that they better serve the community and the world. And so it is. So it's time to close our Teze portion of service this morning. So if you would like to rejoin us at 1030, we have coffee out on the veranda as it's coming to be known. And um, we return with a con conscious conversation based in the same topics that we've been speaking. So thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, just bless your Christmas season. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace. And may God always answer your prayers. May you always embrace compassion and grace. 
And may God always answer your prayers. See you back at 10.30, maybe. Good morning again and welcome. Please join me in prayer. We'll see if we can pray those guys back in from the veranda. <laughs> uh, so I just know that the joy, the laughter that we share is spirit. Spirit laughing through us, spirit sharing through us, spirit enjoying one another's company. And so I give thanks for that just that sacred appreciation that we have for each other in this beloved community. I give thanks for each one that chooses this as sacred time to be in beloved community when there are so many things that we could be doing on such a beautiful fall day. I give thanks for this time together. This is sacred time as we finish our monthly exploration of sacred time with ancestral time and cosmic time. And we move into a time of Advent as we anticipate the coming of Christmas. So as we just kind of marinate in this appreciation, I simply know that each person receives what he or she came to receive, shares what he or she has to share in the conversation. And I know that it all unfolds perfectly and powerfully, joyfully and lovingly, as guided by the unseen hand. So I just accept it, knowing that it's done. I release my word knowing it has power and is already moving into fruition. And we say together, and so it is. Amen. Well, good morning. Those of you who remain, we lost a bunch after the first half, but we gained a couple too. So welcome. Uh, if you're with us online today, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. Welcome home to our community and welcome home to your own mystic heart. There's a few of us for mighty though, right? So let's get up and move. Welcome to mystic heart. Join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part. Make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. 
things possible So you're welcome to the mystic about the well I want to share with you, but that's not this morning, so anyway. <laughs> going into, oh, can't make me go into the well. The well, the deep well of consciousness. So, I invite you to stand back up <laughs> and get your whole body involved in our vision of a love-soaked world this morning. Rub the hands together, feel the energy. 
Take a moment to feel the vibration of life moving through you. Mm, all the energy moving up from the earth into your feet and up into your legs and through your body. All the energy encircling the heart. Feeling the deep presence of spirit as a felt experience in the body. And we embody our divine connection. And we join in this sacred ritual of envisioning a love-soaked world where peace and joy and abundance and generosity and compassion and freedom and justice are the living principles that guide our every thought, word, and action. Where all humans practice loving kindness and compassion. And where each one of us cares for the planet as the sacred mother that she is. We're creating a world where all needs are met. Where all beings have plenty of nourishing food the safety and comfort of home, medical care and education, healthy relationships, right livelihood, creative contribution, deep sense of belonging. A world in which all beings are valued for their inherent goodness and light where the peace that we cultivate within us shows up in our world as a world free of hatred and violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed, where there's absolute abundance in simply having enough, where every being deserves and rece receives all of the blessings of life so that each might be contented and full in their expression. In this new world of our creation, every member of the human family serves as a conscious vessel through which spirit flows, unfettered, unblocked by the wounds of our ancestors. We are doing a good work here and we cannot come down. We will not stop until our vision is made full. Amen. And so we feel and sense into this vision, knowing that it is not only coming into form, but that it is inevitable. We call it forth from the realm of infinite possibility right here and right now. And we align our actions to support and nurture its graceful unfolding. We give thanks, we let it be, and we call it done. And so it is. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to have a very intimate, conscious conversation this morning. Yes. Yeah. So this month we've been talking about sacred time and during the Teze this morning we began by lighting the first candle of the Advent season. This is the first Sunday of Advent. 
Um, it's the candle of hope, the, technically, but I like faith better, so the hope or faith. Hope really says to me that there's room for doubt. It's like, I hope everything comes out all right, whereas faith is like, I know. All is unfolding for good, always, no matter what the appearance is. A little bit of difference from my perspective. So let's see what you know about Advent. How many of you grew up with the tradition of Advent? Probably nobody in this room. Oh, one, all right. So what is it? What's Advent? What does it represent? Any idea? Nobody I heard, knows? I heard adventure when you said Okay, adventure. <laughs> Say? It's part of the same word, huh? Yeah. It's an anticipation. Okay, it's an anticipation. But what does the season of Advent represent? In the Christian liturgical calendar, what is the season of Advent? The coming. The coming of? The Christ child to be born on Christmas Day. So it's the period of time where the supposedly, according to story, where the journey was being made to the ultimate place of birth for Jesus. The period of Advent. The following of the star, the wise men following and arriving. So all of that happens. Actually, the arrival happens after Christmas for the wise men, but that's another another piece of the story. So do you know how long Advent season is? Isn't it four weeks? Okay, it's basically four weeks, four Sundays before, and it ends on Christmas Eve. So that's the season. What does the word Advent mean? You said, huh? Coming. The happening, a coming, um, a revealing, a coming forth. So that's what the word means. So what do you think it could symbolize for folks who are not particularly entrenched in the Christian liturgical calendar? How can we reinterpret a season like Advent in a way that's useful to us here today? I think in terms of, like you said, the first week is hope and faith. We have faith that, that something better is possible. Okay. And Advent kind of implies that it's coming, that we're waiting, okay. waiting to see it unfold. So we have faith that something better is possible, and Advent represents the coming of that something better. Okay. Mark? You know how it's, uh, I've heard the word season, and, and, and to me that's like a spice. And it's for some of us who are unfamiliar with. Um, uh, religious traditions mm -hmm. building, it's an idea that, well, okay, I'm going to get used to every week, I'm going to get used to this um, presence of, um, mm -hmm. of the birth um, coming and, uh, uh, and, and in that getting used to it, it's kind of like it's seasoning my expectations and my, um, my faith okay. and my hope. Yeah, and are those expectations for yourself in your own life, for the world, for for what? Yeah. For all of that, huh? For all of that, yeah. yeah. You know how um, 
ancients used to, uh, primitive, if you will, used to use salt to preserve mm -hmm. foods. Yeah. And in a way, um, that's what seasoning is kind of all about. It adds something to your 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 fare. Enhances. Yeah. The Advent seasoning. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. going to say something about being, uh, for me, the season. Yeah. I can use it as um, intention, my intention. Okay. So each week focusing on that next so uh -huh. open faith for this week, um, right. I can be more intentional in my prayer time, meditation uh -huh. time, con contemplating that, um, yeah. and be intentionally focusing on that each week. Yeah. For yeah. myself and in the world, my family, my friends. Yeah, beautiful. Nice way to use that tradition. Yeah, yeah for, <coughs> for those of us who don't follow the mm -hmm. Christian religious ending of the year, mm -hmm. um, winter solstice and, and different things that we celebrate and festivals mm -hmm. that we celebrate, you can just use that for, like she said, plus it's at the end of the year, so you can use it as like a, a wrapping up and, right. a, and a thinking about the year that's passed and, and sitting in those places of hope and faith at the end of the year and, and moving into the next thing mm -hmm. and carrying that forward and how you want to carry yeah. that forward into the other things that you do yeah. this time of year, yeah. to the new year. Right. Yeah, because isn't the new year, I think I was reading November, like the beginning of November is, and the pagan, more the pagan tradition yeah. and calendar. The, yeah, the right. And solstice. And we will be in our candle lighting and in throughout this month we'll be looking at all of those traditions and how they fit together. So um, I, I give attention to this Christian liturgical calendar only as it relates to all these other things as well. So we'll be doing a lot of looking at Can that. Can you tell me what liturgical means? It's just the uh, liturgy, the church's um, teaching. Thank you. I mean, a simple word for liturgy, the teachings, yeah. So it's the teachings of Christianity about the Christmas season. Yeah. Yeah. So I also like to look at this birth of the baby as the Christ consciousness and that we all have. We all have that deep wisdom, whatever we want to call it. And by going within in this time of longer days and darkness, we can give attention to allowing those finer qualities in us, a deeper wisdom to be birthed through this season. And then as we move into spring, we can bring newness with us into the, the new parts of the year. It's another way that I can, that I use it. So, Advent then is a time of waiting, in a sense. It's quiet, it's introspection, it's just letting things be what they are, uh, finding nourishment in the darkness, and waiting to see what wants to come forth from us and from our lives and in our lives in the seasons to come. So, if we call it a season of waiting, what are some of the qualities of waiting? What are, what is required for us to be effective in our waiting? Oh, patience. Patience. <laughs> Preparing. Yeah. Expectations. Expectations. Yeah, you gotta want something in order to wait for it. 
That's true. Prepare for it. If you're talking about a baby, I always think about like when I would go into nesting mode. Right? Uh huh. <laughs> you know, start getting everything ready. For yeah. So patience with waiting. What about um, release of control? That's always fun. Over mm -hmm. outcomes, like right. surrender of control over outcomes. Waiting is not very productive if you're sitting with your fists clenched and your waiting is just to finally push something into being, you know? Cheryl says, always be kind. Always be kind. Thank you, Cheryl. <laughs> I think uh, we talked about uh, Kairos time, and that speaks to me of the, uh, the phrase, the fullness of time. Mm-hmm. We have to wait until the time is full. Till the time is the time full. is completed. Right. Or whatever it is to manifest. Whether yeah. It's, whether it's our prayer or whether it's a baby or, or right. The Christ consciousness. And so it's there's just a, a humility before the process. I think. Right. Letting it unfold the way it, the way it needs to. Yeah. We're talking about changing. The season is changing, and it so happens. Mm -hmm. In the third week of December, it's the shortest day of the right. year. Right. Yeah, the solstice. So we know that's coming, but we know that it'll be renewed. It becomes, it gets longer. The days get longer right. after that. So there is a reaffirming of the faith in this cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And being waiting involves just being present to that, right? Just not grasping, not pushing, not in any way trying to maneuver or manipulate outcomes, but just becoming present with whatever is already unfolding. Go ahead, April. Well, I, I, just to reaffirm, uh, changing is kind of brings about fear, and yet there's nothing to fear since it will become That's renewed. true. That's true. There is nothing to fear. April, would you share with the rest of us, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just sounds a little, I don't know, it came off a little, to me in my brain, a little lazy. Like, if you can't just wish upon a star no. and then sit there and wait for the thing to happen. That's not what presence there, is. There is some, some <laughs> effort and some intention and some footwork you right. need to do in order to... Like you, like she was saying, make the space ready right. for the thing to happen. To, yeah. to take those steps that call that thing in, so that you're prepared for when it actually does come to you. There are things you need to do to move forward. There are. Besides just. But not in a way that you're manipulating, trying to manipulate outcomes. Is all I'm saying. As you move through the preparation and the creating of the space, and it's with an openness, I think, to not having to micromanage every little piece of what unfolds. Because oftentimes when we try to do that, it's not unfolding the way we really thought it would or wanted it to. And, it you know. Being right. Yeah. So, yes, being, there, yeah. so being present to the preparation that needs to be and, and being. Preparation, inner work. Right. Yeah, and there are physical things to do, but the inner work is a big part of the preparation. Mm -hmm. Just to 
course action, inner work still requires right. action. Right, it does. You have to do it. <laughs> do the work. Yes? Cheryl says, be creative in the waiting time. Be prepared to accept all that is happening. There you go. Be creative in the waiting time. Be prepared to accept all that is happening. Nice summation, Cheryl. Thank you. What about waiting bringing about compassion? Does that happen sometimes? Do we need to be compassionate in our waiting at times? Yeah, you can get frustrated easily. Mm-hmm. Not you. Not me. I'm Not you. Huh? <laughs> Someone else might get frustrated easily. Yeah. How about gratitude? Can we experience gratitude in our waiting? Yes. Or might we benefit by expressing and feeling gratitude in our waiting? Yes. Yeah. You notice how these, those two terms um, you're giving. It's not in a material way. Mm -hmm. You're giving to others in the gratitude uh, that you express. And the compassion is uh, an expression of your own loving feelings, if you will, right. for others. Yeah. So those, you see, they're non-material. Thinking about Christmas as, you know, gifts giving and the more I spend uh, the, the, the greater the gift right not necessarily no mm -hmm. no that's that's not how I s I mean that is what our culture does I agree and that isn't how I see it that's another way compassion can show we do a lot of our waiting with other people yeah in line at Costco or something <laughs> you know and, uh, and there's thousands of opportunities to practice that compassion for right. other people because people are caught up in in that commercialism of Christmas or the mm -hmm. the stress and you know I got to do that right. I got to do that um, and if we're kind of a a centered presence yeah and that uh, mm -hmm. offering that compassion I think that yeah. that's a great service to humanity I agree what about practicing faith while we're waiting. Is there a place for that? Yeah, you're gonna have faith you're eventually gonna get out the store. There you go. <laughs> we have Costco on the brain right now because the traffic between our house and here has gotten much bigger. Girl, tell me about it. So what about humility? Is there a sense of humility called for in waiting? Oh, we don't like that word sometimes. Humility. What does that mean? We think about that word a little wrong sometimes. Yeah, we do. How do we use it? What do we think it means? Or how do we use it? Well, a lot of times people think it means making yourself lower than something. Right. Getting small. I think what humility is for me is accepting that I am equal, not better than or less than. And And meeting people in a place that's equal or whatever the situation is. Right. Understanding that I have flaws, you have flaws. Yeah. And, and loving myself and the other person. Right. Despite that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's a good point. I wonder if humility is based on human. It is. Yeah. It's got the same root. What does the root to those words mean? Anybody know? Earth. Earth. From the earth. Oh, yes, humus. 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 Yes. Humus. 
humans, time. we're all the same. We're all of the earth. Everything is of the earth. Yeah. 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 We have to admit there's nothing we can do to fix the situation. There's right. nothing we can do to make the line go faster. There's nothing we can do to make our vegetables grow faster. We, right. we just have to kind of surrender okay, to the yeah. process. Yeah. So there's that surrendering to the process, that humility of here I am, just being who I am, doing what I can do, which often means not controlling things. There's a an interpretation of humility that says, um, from a Christian tradition, the Father within is the Spirit that does the work. It isn't just by my human hands. It's the Spirit that lives as me, that expresses as me, in whatever language you want to use that. That that is the deepest form of humility, recognizing all equal, but also in that. We're all of Spirit. We're all enlivened by Spirit. And without that spirit enlivening us, call it life, call it whatever you want to call it, we're just a bag of bones, you know. It would be nothing. Right. So that's a deep sense of humility. <laughs> so the celebration of Advent is a yearly cycle, and we've been talking about cycles and rhythms all month. During Teze, we were reminded of the cycles of breath. And we revisited really briefly the daily, the weekly, the monthly rhythms that we can use to bring ourselves present. We remembered the seasons of the year and the seasons of our lives can also serve as reminders of how to stay present. So we can use nature as a way to bring us back to the present moment. And we also did some exploring this morning of ancestral time and cosmic time in keeping with our month's theme. We're wrapping up our sacred time today. We were remi reminded of the Rabbi Jesus and that as in Chris's meditation he voiced that he was one who challenged the patterns of dysfunction in his society according to stories. And whether or not that's history or story really doesn't matter. It's the principles that it teaches that, that matter. He challenged the dysfunction in his religious culture and in his political culture. And he, Chris said this, this is a quote from his meditation, deeply grounded in his ancestral, spiritual, and familial lineage, he denounced hypocrisy, championed social justice, condemned destructive practices, and modeled a better way. So in that character, in that person that we celebrate, all of those things are wrapped up in that life story. He, it was a way of love and complete acceptance is what he was modeling for all people. Again, back to humility, all are equal. In the eyes of this great teacher or this character of a story, however you look at it, was someone who saw the um, equality, total equality of all beings and accepted them as such. So the contemplation of our own ancestral lines led us to ask a question this morning. What dysfunctional ancestral patterns have I helped to interrupt in my lifetime? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> amen is right. Yeah. 
have mine, certainly. Um, that question might be why my brother stayed for the first half and then left. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it. He's online right now. It's okay. <laughs> That's all right. I was, I was very um, touched that they were here this morning. But, you know, we all do have these patterns, these family patterns that we've lived with and grown up with, and we've been patterned ourselves, you know, by those things. Um, then I asked which patterns are still calling for my attention. Because I'm not sure about you, but I have done a lot of work and disrupted many things. But not all of them. Still got work to do. I feel like it's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. You know, I'm doing things that have already happened in the yeah. last time my whole life. <clears throat> alert. Like you said, having your attention brought to, oh, there's, a, there's something right. else. And, oh, it's, that's still not gone. Or that's yeah, not right. completely healed. Or, you know, yeah, how many times do you hit that, God, I thought I dealt with that. I thought that was done. <clears throat> but no. Very important to remember that it's a personal journey. It is a personal it's journey. It's, it's up to me to break those cycles in me, in my life. Right. They're going to be whatever, and coming to a place of acceptance, mm -hmm. just loving them right. as is, but maybe at arm's length. Yeah. And focusing on me, breaking those things in me, in my life. Right. What don't I? What do I absolutely not want to let? carry forward right to the next yeah little people in my life right exactly look what uh, they did to Jesus when he vocalized instead of the personal the societal changes that needed to happen how dare you speak those kind of those words they are counter to right uh, what we all are comfortable with and don't want to talk about right yeah yeah, all throughout history, certainly not the only one that's been burned or hung up, you know, for voicing his opinions about the society that he lived in. So. so then we spent some time considering cosmic time this morning, the seemingly endless span of time that sort of almost brushes up against the, like, eternity. Eternity is out of time. It's not time at all. But cosmic time goes, you know, as far as we can measure, remember, or beyond that, and in both directions. And that's a big span to try to contemplate. The term brushes up against eternity. It's, 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 it's a comfortable way of, of talking about yeah. cosmic time as it is different from ancestral time. Yeah. So how does it make you feel as a person when you think of cosmic time? It's a big, pretty small, <laughs> very, very tiny. And young. <laughs> and young. <laughs> I feel so young. <laughs> uh, discombobulated. Sometimes it can go down a rabbit hole thinking about time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to spend too much no. time doing that, right? No. <laughs> Let's see, I'm going to turn that page because we did that earlier. Cos 
cosmic is beyond our comprehension. Cosmic <laughs> is beyond our comprehension, Definitely. for sure. But it affects us just as much as ancestral time. It does. We, we live it, it is our experience. Right. Our little tiny slice of it, it's, you know. True. Cosmic time moves at its own pace, though, right? We have no control over the movement of cosmic time. It just does what it does. We can do nothing to change the unfolding of life itself. It's just unfolding. We find ourselves waiting, I think, at this time in our, our little slice of cosmic time. We're waiting for the death of an old paradigm, at least in our, I think, worldwide, and the birth of a new one. We're waiting for destruction or disintegration of systems that are no longer working, maybe never did, and the birth of new ones to replace them to support us as we move forward. And we take part in whatever way we can in, in the creation of those new things, if we choose to. There's an author, Holly Whitcomb, who has a book called Seven Spiritual Gifts of Waiting. And she emphasizes that quality of humility in waiting. She talks about all seven of those, but humility, about that she says, sometimes we wait because we can't do anything else. There's that surrender piece. We recognize that we are powerless. That powerlessness can be a spiritual opening. In our vulnerability, we realize that forces and powers greater than ourselves have taken over or are always running. It's during those times of waiting that we learn humility. Humility leads us to grace. And she says, when I realize that there are always other things at work over which I have no control, I let go and allow the flow of grace to move into my life. In the book of Philippians, it says that I can do all things through the one that strengthens me. Whether you want to see that as God, a spirit, an intelligence, a deeper wisdom, you know, without that deeper wisdom, my life can't really unfold in a very effective way if I'm not touching in with that inner, inner space. In the Science of Mind and Spirit, Dr. Ernest Holmes says it this way, to have the same mind that Jesus used, the mind of God, implies a power which is available to all and may be used by all. We have the mind of Christ in such degree as we trust implicitly, implicitly in the universe. No longer do those things which contradict the fundamental goodness come about. From this mind proceeds the perfect law which is a law of liberty. This mind is God working in and through us. God can work for us only by working through us. There's not, we don't believe that there's this entity, force, whatever, that's separate out there somewhere. It's a life force, and it's moving through everything. Wow, that's, that's profound to me. <clears throat> because it, it, it implies working with something rather than being subject to right. that something. Yeah, 
yeah, working with that life force, that energy, that deeper wisdom coming through, rather than having something come down upon you. It's a very old model at this point. Let's see here. It's so hard to break out of that old model. It, yeah, it's it's part of the race consciousness and has been for a long, long time. It's important to remember that way before that model came about, there was this model that's closer to what we're trying to get back to. So remembering that that too is part of the race consciousness, it's just been sort of covered over a bit, and now it's like almost revealing it again. Allowing it. Really yeah. Our, our, our control of our being, our control is, I don't know if control is the word, but, but taking all of our, we've outsourced everything. Right, right. Outsourced, yeah. And we've given our, our power and our wisdom and our deep knowing mm -hmm. away yeah. to some other something that's, that, out, that's or, out there. It's always away from us. Right. But it's within us. It is. Right. It's right here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm just kind of skimming through some of this that's here. I want to just voice a couple of things that this author talks about humility and what it leads us to. Something to just to consider. She says that humility leads us to love rather than achievement. What does she mean by that? What's that statement say to you? It's not about doing. It's not about doing. It's more about being. Okay. I think a lot of times we get wrapped up in, I have to get to this place, right. I have to get this thing, or I have to be, you know, unfortunately one of the things in my family line that I had to break in me was if you are not this, right. you cannot be used for any good. Yeah. If you do not check all the boxes, it's so sad, God can't use you anymore. <laughs> You know, and, yeah, yeah, and, and it's always you had to be like you had to get to this level. You had to to show this much. You had to do this much charity. You had to give this much in the basket. You had to you had to like be all these things. Get this education. Get this car. Get this perfect picture, and then you could be of service. Right. And humility says to me in that statement that is nothing. Like even Jesus said that that is nothing if your heart. Right. Is not right. If your heart isn't in it, if you're not doing it from a place of love, then it's just it's just right. empty things. Yeah. Outside rather than inside. Right. There's a, a modern day short statement that you can use to check that. It's like check your motivation. Check your motivation. <laughs> so Waiting gives us a chance to slow down our doing for long enough to recognize who we are. And it may allow time to reevaluate or reprioritize things. It may offer us the gift of time, just the time to really reflect. She says that humility leads us to honor others. 
you know, when we are truly humble, we are honoring others as equal to ourselves. We've already talked about that. Humility leads us to live without judgment. Because if we are really all on equal footing, then what's there to judge? Like April said, you know, we all have our stuff. And we honor that we're each doing the best we can. And And I love you anyway. That's right. The final thing she says is that humility leads to honest assessment. Would you agree that as individuals we have unique perspectives? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you agree that our perspectives are colored by our personal filters and experiences and beliefs? Okay, they have to be, right? Is the filter a problem? Yes. (laughs) Is my that's right? (laughs) This filter needs scrubbing. Or changing out. Or changing out. An interesting thing about honest assessment is that most of us have no problem whatsoever naming not just other people's flaws, but our own flaws. We're pretty good at naming our flaws. We can tell you all the things that are wrong with us, right? Our Our shortcomings and our failures. But many of us have much more difficulty voicing and giving attention and making known our giftedness. The author says that we often refuse to accept our belovedness and occasionally we throw back in God's face the uniqueness and amazing talents that we've been given. Ooh, yeah. Chew away. (laughs) (laughs) So true humility grounds us in understanding who we really are. The whole truth of it. Both the positive and the negative. Because we all have both. And it's, it's equally, if not more, important to recognize the gifts we've been given. Because if we don't even recognize them and honor them, how are we going to share them? We're here, I believe, to share who we are with this all that is that's going on. We're each here on purpose. And so if we can't acknowledge the gifts we have to offer and step up to offering those, we're kind of leaving a hole, right? There's a puzzle piece shaped like you missing from the whole picture. I mentioned in your in the uh, previous segment, um, you you talked about breaking open a gift rather than opening a gift. Mm-hmm. Then, like you do at Christmas, you open a present. But you mentioned breaking open your own gifts. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if it's a challenge, uh, and that's why you use the word breaking open rather than opening. Uh, breaking mm-hmm. rather than opening <clears throat> and to me that was significant uh, because it's difficult sometimes to access your own gifts it is much less apply them right um, so we talk about the negative things 
much easier than we to do the positive yeah. things. Yeah. Um, as if the pos the negative ones are the only ones that count. Right. Okay. Yeah, our own lack of self-worth helps us with that. <laughs> yes. I was going to mention that something that passed through my mind is <clears throat> as myself and others I know that have been so fractured and broken as children and there's like pieces mm -hmm. and they're so broken that they don't know who they are. And right. Even at my age sometimes I'm, I don't know who I am. Yeah. And so it's hard to, it's like this great forgetting or this, it's hard to remember those things. Uh-huh. Um, that are your gifts, or you're scared because your gifts were put down, right? Or you know, <clears throat> you were never good enough. So yeah, it can be scary. Yeah, to offer those things that you think maybe I'm, I might I might have been good at. Right, that might have been a gift. Yeah, been a gift. Um, so I think for a lot of people, yeah, it's a lot easier. I can name all the the suffering and the, the horrible things, and then all my mistakes. But it's hard right. to <clears throat> access and remember the good things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it is scary to put yourself out there. I don't, you know, and it's easy to say, well, some people, some people, as if some people actually have an easier time doing that. I don't believe that's true. I think some people feel that fear, <laughs> take a breath, and walk in and do it anyway. And some people feel the fear and go, oh, I don't know. But I don't think that some people feel more concern about, you know, just the willingness to do it. Yes? I'm going to say something. You do that. <laughs> say something. Well, I love you. <laughs> First of all, First I love of you. Second of all, I think that a lot of times we're looking at those things wrong. I, I actually believe that some of the people who have been through like really horrible traumas or really, that they're not broken. That they're forgotten Thank you. Thank you. to themselves, but we're not broken. There right. have been so many things in my life that tried to break me. Mm -hmm. And it's up to me whether I accept the message that I am broken, that there is something wrong with me, there's a black spot in the center, and every time someone looks at me, that's what they see. Right. And it's because I have put my focus there. That's a filter that needs to be cleaned. That is a filter that needs to be <laughs> replaced yes. with a new model. And the, all those things, I think, like on Thanksgiving, we're talking about being, faith, being thankful and grateful and when I really think about that, I go to, in order for me to truly understand and, and be in a place of gratefulness, I have to be able to recognize lack. Mm -hmm. If I have never felt lack, right. what, what would catalyst me into being grateful? Right. What would that be for me? Yeah. Maybe I would take things for granted if I'd never been without them. Maybe I would not be able to love as deeply as I can and, and be so strong for the people in my life if I never felt so weak and so small and knew what it felt like to have that right. power taken from you. Life can try to break me all it wants. It's up to me whether or not I accept yes. that I'm in pieces or that I'm whole. Right. 
I agree with that. It's a perception. And I love it. And we, no, well. I, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. I'm just saying that sometimes I feel like there are parts that are kind of not communicating with each other. Right. That have separated. And I have a hard time accessing certain pieces of me mm -hmm. to even offer or that are, are still kind of stuck in prison right. somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Those. And, so, and some sometimes I sometimes I can easily access them, and they ve flow very easily. It's mm -hmm. very. It, I don't always know when that's going to happen, though. Right. You know, it kind of depends on what's going on in my life. How stressed am I? Right. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. And like you said, just kind of being in the moment helps me a lot. Meditation, yoga, those kind of things center right. me, get grounded, and then I can kind of access and flow a lot better. Right. Like gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. It tries to get me, you know, sidetracked. It's almost like providing an atmosphere, yeah. atmosphere of nurturing. If that hasn't yeah. been nurtured mm -hmm. and felt safe and yeah. like encouraged, then you you kind of like, oh, that's not important. And like we we're talking about time, it's like the death of an old season provides the nutrients for the birth. Of the yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of like what if you bring your mindfulness into this, you know, this time period of the waiting and the you know, self-reflection, it's almost a time of nurturing in order to prepare for new growth. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. April right. has um, accessed her strengths yeah. in, the, in the face of weakness that she is known to. She's learned how to give energy to that, that strength. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the difference as I'm learning to access my own strengths versus the knee-jerk opinion to consider my weaknesses first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think you mentioned the spiritual practices as helping to create and create a space for that flow to happen. And also spiritual practice, practice period, makes things easier. So practicing feeling, you know, these perceptions of self-doubt and, and then doing it anyway will make it easier the next time that you Absolutely. move into that. So the more times that you <coughs> sort of move yourself through a fear or a, a doubt or a, you know, what will they think or a, you know. Right, yeah. Right. The more that you are exposed, it's exposure therapy. Yeah. So it's, it's right. tested and tried and, and it works, so. Yeah. yeah. And, and part of my function as a spiritual leader in this tradition is that when someone comes to me with something and is all going in 15 directions, it really is my, my role and my deepest knowing that you are not broken, that there is nothing wrong, and that all is going to be well, and that I see you completely whole, peaceful, graceful. I see it. I feel it unfolding the way I know you might like it to unfold. And I maintain that grounding for others as they move through stuff. And I had many do that for me earlier on along the way. And we can all, whether we're some kind of a leader or not, we can all do that for one another. Everything you keep saying is reminding me of, like, I get a picture in my head and it's like, um, of um, learning how to self, self-soothe, 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 self 
control your emotions. Like, mm -hmm. you know, self-regulate. Self-regulate. Yeah. So then when there's co-regulating, um, I didn't learn about this until a few years ago, mm -hmm. about you know, having somebody walk me through an anxiety attack by co-regulating right. with me. And now I know how to do that with my kid when he's having a tantrum. Right. So that's Yeah. Yeah. So it's the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Is co-regulating like getting on the same vibe type? It's like you being ground, like going to, like, if you're having an anxiety attack and I'm very grounded and I sit with you and maybe hug you or hold your hands or just let you set your hands on top of mine and we breathe together, I can help your body regulate to m how grounded I am. So it's a physical. It's like an energy right. transfer. Right. Yes. You can even do a certain amount of it by phone. Yeah. <laughs> or text. <laughs> or text. Help me with the deck. All right. Well, this has been a really fun discussion today. I love when most of what's here is like, okay, whatever. Let's do this. <laughs> I love it. It's great. But I do want to share some a piece of music with you today that we have on a, a video. Well, it's not a video as much as the guy's name and face are on the video. But it's an awesome song, and it has to do very much with ancestral sacred time. So I'd like you to, to be able to hear that. So I'm going to go ahead and just close us in prayer. There's one eternal light, one eternal life, one intelligence, one source of all that is. And it is moving through all that is, all of creation. And so each one of us must be included in that. Each of us is a perfect and intentional expression of life. Each of us brings gifts, many of which are just waiting to be offered into the world. And so I give thanks for this time this morning for the reminders that there is nothing outside of us that regulates us, that uh, gets in our way. It's what's inside of us that gets in our way. And that we can look back at why we are the way we are and we can see the reasons looking back at, at generations past and, and life experiences. But only we can take where we are right now and move forward in a way that is uplifting and life-affirming. And that's a choice we make. So I give thanks for those who share this walk with me, who are willing to open to these uh, deep and meaningful conversations. I thank Spirit for each one here, for all that has been shared today, knowing that it carries us into our week with more food for thought, more to take into our own quiet time, and more to use as we move into what is ours to do in the world. So for all that's been spoken and all that is unfolding, I give thanks and I release this prayer, trusting that it continues its work in our lives. As together we say, and so it is. Amen. So this is Mr. Danny Barca, who is a just an independent musician in the Mendocino area where we lived for a few months. And listen carefully to these words. It's a really fun song, I think. Long before Muhammad, long before Lao Tzu, long before Moses, Confucius too, 
Long before the Vedas, long before Zen, long before the dervishes started to spin. Long before pharaohs, long before kings, long before Icarus donned his wings. Long before heaven, long before hell, long before the walls of Jericho fell. Someone stood in front of a cave, said there's something going on I can't see. Won't somebody come and explain a few things to me? Long before Athens, long before Rome, long before Ulysses ever left home, long before Abel, long before Cain, long before Noah and the endless rain, long before Adam, long before Eve, long before the people knew what to believe, long before Jesus, long before Job, long before the Buddha in the saffron robe. Someone stood in front of a cave, said there's something going on. Can't see. Won't somebody come and explain a few things to me? And the thunder rolled across the sky, and a rainbow appeared as if in reply. And he was standing on the threshold of a new frontier, and a sense of wonder. Rolled across his mind and his footsteps Like a drum were beating time As he moved forward Down that ribbon of a road That brought us here From long before From long before From long before history, long before scribes, long before the Hebrews lost their tribes, long before Isis, Osiris, and Ra, long before Shiva, Vishnu, and Brahma, long before Athena, long before Zeus, long before Hermes and his winged shoes, long before Neptune, long before Pan, long before the beast through the labyrinth ran. Someone stood in front of a cave, said there's something going on. I can't see Won't somebody come and explain a few things to me And we've been knocking Since the time of long before We've been knocking On that ever wide and open door And now we're standing On the threshold of a new frontier And a sense of wonder Rolls across our minds like a rainbow Arcing back through time And we are calling out a blessing On the ones that brought us here From long before From long before
Long before Adam, long before Eve, long before the people knew what to believe. Long before Jesus, long before Job, long before the Buddha in the saffron robe. a fun song. It's a lot of fun. So I'm going to close today by inviting you, should you choose to, um, share of your financial abundance with this community so that we can grow it and return it out into the greater community. And as we do that, I invite you to uh, repeat with us our blessing for our affirmation, for our offering. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. Come step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. Amen. What am I sharing doing? Oh, another good one. Okay. There we go. Peter Mayer. Hi, my name is Peter Mayer, and uh, this is the song Loose in the World.
about just playing chords today. <laughs> uh, so please join me in blessing the offering and knowing that these gifts originate with spirit, but they come through the hands of spirit that lives in the human realm, through each one here, through each one online. So we give thanks for these gifts. We give thanks for the generosity of spirit that inspires them, give thanks for the prayers, the love, the support in so many ways that you give this beloved community. And we know that we steward these gifts well, making sure that they are shared with the greater community in the way that can benefit the highest and best for the most people. So with a grateful heart, I just say thank you, Spirit. Thank you to each one of you. And so it is. Amen. All right. All right. Here we go. All together, hand in hand, we see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me. Take your past and set it free and share this blessing. Love be with you, peace enfold you, spirit lift you, breathe it in.
God bless you. Have a beautiful Sunday.